Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Las Vegas, Nevada, Joey Nochoprano. Hello, Andy. I have to always realize where you're at. You're a man yeah, of the I move, know. Mr. Prano. Yeah. You're always in your basement with Roscoe by your side and your fictional girlfriend floating through the house. Um, but I'm on the move. I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada for a full week, Andy. I arrived to the Rio, the Rio All Suites Hotel here in Las Vegas. Uh, about I've checked in about an hour ago, and I will be here until I check out one week from today on Monday. Shows every night, 7 o'clock and 9.30 from tonight through Sunday. So if you're in the Las Vegas area, uh, come on down to the Comedy Cellar at the Rio. If perhaps you lived, you live in Las Vegas and were a piece of trash to me on the internet over the last couple of weeks, telling me I was a clown for predicting that the Giants would beat the Vikings, perhaps you should come to the Comedy Cellar and buy me a bunch of Miller Lights because, dare I say, you owe me one. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. I am I am currently being fueled by uh sodium and nitrates, courtesy of the first of three danger witches of the day. So I I just saw on Twitter you tweeted that. So you have your three danger witches per our bet. Now we hadn't officially finalized it, but I, I think what I said the other day was correct. And I seem, I, lo- I looked on Reddit, I should say, and that's what somebody said that I knew we had, I knew we had a combo. No, no, but, but, but you said I was being too light to you there. I said just three in a day. That's what Reddit says. I, I know, but I knew I, and, and that's what I'm going to do, by the way. But I knew we had, I knew we had, um, discussed an actual thing okay and because it was like oh we discussed it but we didn't and nothing was official i was just going to give you one a day for a week or whatever but i knew because i now i remember when i saw the reddit thing of oh yeah if you go into multiple days you can you can cancel days with a dangerous smoothie you can cancel days with a commercial now luckily it all eventually came out to us being tied i mean between being you winning by one sorry i got confused there for a second we didn't tie you won by one so it's one day three meals all three of my meals today danger witches and can i just talk about the danger witch immediately i want you to talk about i also want you to remind everybody what are the ingredients in the original russell wilson danger witch sub I just had to do it and I did it on Uber Eats. So I I I put it through like I had I had to um 
Basically, it's the spicy Italian. Add ham. Okay. So what's the spicy Italian? The spicy Italian is pepperoni and salami. And then I, uh, so then, so basically the danger, which is the danger, which is Italian herbs and cheese bread, top of pepperoni, salami, black forest ham, bacon, and provolone cheese. It also has lettuce, green peppers, tomatoes, banana peppers, yellow mustard, and mayo. So it's essentially a spicy Italian, which when you order a spicy Italian on Uber Eats comes with, um, comes with cucumbers. So I removed the cucumbers, even though I probably shouldn't have. I could yeah, should have kept those. I wouldn't would yeah, bother. Yeah, but uh, had to add the black forest ham, the bacon, the mayo, the mustard, and the banana peppers while losing the cucumbers. Now, there's a couple different things I want to talk about here. First of all, Subway baseline disgusting. Um, second, I am. I am truly I'm in the top one percentile percentile of bacon fans in the world. Subway bacon is vile. Subway bacon tastes like stamps. Like I don't even it doesn't even it's 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 the the texture is very strange. It's it almost tastes like leather and and like it just tastes like salty leather. And it's horrific. And I eat, well, I'll eat every kind of bacon. Subway bacon is gross. Second thing. Bacon. I like, I like all kinds of things mixed with bacon. Here's something that does not go. And maybe it's just Subway bacon, but bacon and mustard. It's a very weird combo. Yeah, I agree. Bacon and mayo is a better combo. Bacon mayo, way better combo. You have it on a BLT. You have it on fucking whatever. Now, like I was trying to think of like what I would eat. I'm like, I guess maybe if you gave me like a a German pretzel with like bacon baked into it, I could dip that into a mustard. But bacon and mustard seems very weird. Again, this whole uh, this whole sandwich does feel like it was built by a robot. None of it makes sense. Do you think Russell Wilson literally concocted this or somebody else did? I don't know, but here's my last and probably most important thing. Do you remember the fucking commercial? It's like, be careful. Yeah. It's spicy. Nothing spicy about this. <laughs> Bana- I guess banana peppers and salami. But like how fucking how like Russell wasn't clearly not white, white, but like in his soul, very white. How white do you have to be for banana peppers to be like? Be careful. Be careful. It's got mustard. Like, dude, what are you talking? Nothing spicy about this sandwich. Like at no point during eating the sandwich was I was like, this sandwich is spicy. It's not spicy. Now I want to play. Here's the thing. I want to play the commercial again. But remember, remember the sound effects yeah. might like cause ear damage to our listeners. Like, do I play it? Yeah, it's horrible. Okay. But like, again, I'm giving you guys a warning now. I, I don't know how to warn this. Uh, this was the commercial. And again, the video does much better justice. But this is the commercial. Dangerous ways. Danger witch. I call this one. 
of this one. I don't even think you could cut through Subway bacon with a fork and knife. Big bite. The drop. He's so. The left handed. The wielding. The upside down. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> and the most dangerous of all. Hey, hey, you know what I love about the commercial underneath in subtext for like legal purposes? You know what it says? Do not eat wrapper. I'm wondering if the wrapper would enhance it. Would the wrapper enhance it? I, I, actually, when you bite into it, it sounds like you're I, I actually when I first bit into it, I thought I had bitten into wrapper. Because okay. it sounds like it. the Italian herbs and cheese. Like, I don't know when these are like when this cheese was like baked on there, but not this century. It is. I cannot tell you. And maybe it's just me as like an Italian New Yorker and like taking sandwiches so seriously. It's so disgusting. It's horrific. It's the well, worst. It's one of the worst sandwiches I've ever had. And I was going to, I'm glad you asked that. Or it, you it, said it that. It tastes like a sandwich you would buy pre-wrapped at the airport. Okay. I was going to, I was going to ask you as an Italian New Yorker, is there some part of you, maybe a large part, they're taking the spicy Italian sandwich. It's using your ethnic background. Is there a lot of a, yeah, like, do you yeah, feel offended? That, like, do you feel well, offended? You, you know what? It's interesting because I went on to Uber Eats. I was like, I'm just going to order these three, get this fucking subway done. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat my first one before the podcast even starts. I'll eat my second one this afternoon. I'll eat my third one after my show tonight. I'll be done with this horrible experience. So I went onto the Uber eats app and I was like, they don't, they didn't have a build your own sandwich. You know what I mean? You can't just like order your ingredients. So you had to start with a base and I'm like scrolling through the bases and I'm like, Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess spicy Italian has most of it. And I was just like add or subtract. And in that moment I was like, how dare he, how dare he, <laughs> First of all, it's it's so funny too because it's, like my dad loved spicy shit. I'm not even a big spice guy, but the idea of even calling this sandwich a spicy Italian is offensive. Yeah. To and then also just the uh, like, he's a robot. Like somebody had to tell him this is spicy, dude. It's there's nothing spicy but like banana peppers. What is it, would anybody in the world describe banana peppers as like spicy? No, I wouldn't. You say like they're sour. Yeah, I'm not a big they're banana like pepper vinegary. guy, but, but like I'll eat them on a pizza, you know? Yeah. Be careful. It, it's not spicy at all. You, you should have been what? like, be careful. This bacon's not actually meat. Be careful. This bacon's plastic. <laughs> you know what I wonder? I would love to know. Be careful. This bacon started COVID. What those people who made your three sandwiches were thinking. Like, I wonder if something went off or they were having a discussion at that subway location. Like, who's eating this shit? She, the, the lady, the girl who brought delivered it was like, oh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was like, yep, feeling dangerous. And like, just <laughs> walked, walked away from my sandwiches. That's great. That's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Subway's so bad. So I used to I used to walk across the street to the Venice Beach one. I want to know 
I like I I believe I guess I'm sure it's like I'm sure it's half baked. You know what I mean? I'm sure their their bread is like half baked or whatever, where they get it mostly baked, and then they put it in the thing and it like bakes the rest of the way. But the, my two questions are: When was this bread originally baked? Yeah, was it? Do you think it was in 2023? Mm, good question. And then also, like, I want to know the process of making this bacon. Oh, I, I want to know if there's a pig involved at all, at any point. Yeah, in any year, it's definitely not from 2023. I don't. I'm not sure this bacon's from 2022. Okay, so can we segue a little into some of these games? Yes. I just want to say. I'm glad we discussed it, though. Shout out to the real sponsor, the real sponsor of the Dirty Sports Podcast, now and forever, Miller Lite. Miller Lite is, I know it's not Miller Lite Day officially, um, but Miller Lite is everything for this show that Subway will never be. Like, Miller Lite, I was like, we will always stand Miller Lite, even if they're not paying me. I will never, I will never not, I will never not diss Subway no matter what on this podcast. And I cannot believe I'm so happy that even your fraudulent victory was only one point. I'm so happy because if this was like a three point win, I would not be okay. Wow. Fraudulent victory. You know, we didn't get much traction. Nobody's commented. Yeah, I'm surprised. No dirt balls have been like it's a fraudulent victory, right? I the only two the only two comments I saw on it at all. One uh, person said that we need a rules committee, correct? Um, and the other one I saw was again our boy Vic Attack, uh, Minnesota Viking Stan, who was calling me a bitch and a fucking loser and whatever. And he's like, I predict the Vikings will win and Prano will bitch like he bitched about the fucking wah, wah, wah. I need a new line on the Ravens game. By the way, he has been dark since an hour before that game ended. And I'm not sure that he's not already dead in the desert here in Vegas. But, you know, if he is dead, he'll probably rise like the Undertaker sometime before next week one and convince himself again that this is the year Kirk Cousins is gonna do it like every shithead Vikings fan ever I saw a funny Vikings fan burner account which was basically saying Joe like it was comparing Joe Burrow to Kirk Cousins and I just was thinking like you seriously need clinical help if if you but Joe like Burrow tied Kirk Cousins and career playoff victories just yesterday alone. Yeah. Joe Burrow's playoff career started and ended yesterday. He tied Kirk Cousins playoff victories. So if I was going to say the danger, which is that what, how does that compare to the Vikings slash Kirk Cousins? I mean, or does it not? Here's the thing about a subway danger, Witch. It is exactly as bad as I expected it to be. And like, I, I, I think that what it shares with the Vikings is you have to be a delusional idiot to not think the danger, which is going to be terrible. Much like the Vikings, you have to be a delusional idiot to have believed in them this year. But there was a lot of them out there, man. There's a lot of them out there. 
I have Vikings fan friends. Shout out to Dave Anders, man, texting me all weekend. He was, dude, yesterday morning, he was texting me. He's looking at Niners tickets for next week. I was like, bro, you're going to lose this game. I was like, I'm, I go, I'm also looking at Niners tickets for two weeks from now when the Giants play them in the NFC championship game, you fucking clown. Now, I don't actually think that's going to happen, but the Vikings. So here, here's the deal. Obviously, we're gonna, we'll start there with the Vikings game. We'll, we'll, we'll well, it's, for, how dare you, Andy? We'll start with the Giants game. We'll talk about the Vikings, but we will start with the Giants game. Have you, have you, I just picture you just like just stroking where, where your chin is, just, just, just reveling in this victory. Oh, just I mean, anticipating you, you, this episode. Well, so th- there's a couple of things about <clears throat> my, what, what, what's about to like happen on this podcast. And, and I mean, I think everybody saw, everybody who's on Twitter saw my Twitter gloating yesterday. Because I've had a lot of run-ins with a lot of Kirk Cousins idiots over the years. So I was like, well, let's, you know, let's give them their day in the sun. Let's, let's make sure we get their retweets out there. But I actually have more to say about the Giants in this game than the Vikings. And the reason is, what do I have to say about the Vikings that I haven't been saying for this whole season and going back to Kirk Cousins signing his deal with the Vikings. And before that, when he was on the Redskins, what am I going to say today about that game from the Vikings standpoint that I haven't already said? Like, all I have to say is I fucking told you it's hard. goddamn work being so damn right all the time. I mean, did it come like Andy? We're talking about a 13 and four Vikings team. They lost at home against a nine, seven and one team that everybody's going, Oh, you're trash. You started hot. You backed in, blah, 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 blah. Last week, did I say I'm just very confident? Yeah. I mean, look. We obviously both picked the Giants. Thought it was gonna be a good game. It was a pretty good game. Now the Giants were in control score wise, pretty much all game. As far as the lead, the Vikings were constantly playing catch up. Vikings score first. Giants match. Yeah. Giants score. Giants score. Like then it gets yeah, and then after that it was so all obviously it's a together. team game, and obviously we'll focus a lot on Cousins, but. I want to start there. I want to say, look, it's a team game. The Giants win as a team, right? Yeah. Vikings lose as a team. So, like, I want to get that out of the way. Like, it's a team game. Here's the crazy part. Cousins didn't play terrible at, by any means. Sure. Like, he had a solid game. But, and then, obviously, we have to start there. I, I, I want to set up where I'm at. I'm I'm at Paycor Stadium. I'm with Jay Lloyd, our, our Photoshop expert for Dirty Sports, Jay Lloyd. We, we went to the Bengals game, right? We're sitting it because we had Gold Stars club seat. So we're inside watching on TV. Like you can imagine the whole section before the Sunday night game is watching it. And we're going to like, hey, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? When he threw that pass on fourth and eight, 
he checked down. I'm like that guy of, in our whole section saying out loud, like, what, like, what? Like, like you, you, ha- you, you've had a pretty good game as far as like, you haven't made any errors. You've been on your throws. You're completing your passes. You have two touchdowns. But at the end of the game, you check down, you need eight yards. It doesn't matter if you get an interception. It doesn't matter if you throw an incompletion. None of that matters. You have to get a first down. And to me, that's like a microcosm of his career. Well, I've talked about this specific moment and this specific comparison before, but you know, I know not every dirt balls, you know, has an inventory of everything I've ever said on the show. So I'm going to repeat something very, a very specific thing. And I, I hope there's a chargers fan out there that remembers exactly this moment because I've talked about it before and I remember it very clearly. I don't remember. I think it was against the jets, but I don't remember. So. The conversation historically with Eli Manning was always he was he was tied to Philip Rivers. He was they were traded for each other. The whole thing. Eli doesn't want to go to San Diego. I have said on this show, Philip Rivers is great. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. But it is ludicrous and it has always been ludicrous. And I told Sean Merriman it was ludicrous to his face to compare him to Eli Manning because one of them was clutch when it mattered and one of them wasn't. And we have a fucking, you know, grab bag of Eli Manning, literally all time NFL. Like Eli Manning has clutch moments that are in the top five. He has two top 10 clutch moments in the history of the sport of football. Philip Rivers. I goddamn know there's a Chargers fan out there that knows this. It was a game. It was either like a week 17 game where the playoffs were on the line or it was a first round playoff game. But I remember it distinctly. It was a very similar situation to this. It was like fourth and whatever. He drops back to pass. He has all the time in the world. He pushes it like a little bit further than you would be like, like normally you'd be like, oh my God, he's got like the ball has got to be out at this point. And he's looking and he's looking and he's looking and he's looking and his quarterback clock in his head went off and he threw it away. I know exactly what you're talking about. He threw the ball out of bounds as if you were, he was like, well, You live to fight another down. Like, don't take the sack. And I remember thinking, this single play is the reason Eli Manning will always be better than Phillip Rivers. Because Eli Manning in the Super Bowl had the same kind of time. Then he was grabbed by the shoulder. Then his hand thing. Then he almost went down. Then he escaped. Then he fucking... chucked it down the field to the middle of nowhere because he's like, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? You got to just take a fucking shot. Yeah. And Phillip Rivers brain could not comprehend my quarterback clock has expired. Throw it out of bounds. Dude, do anything but throw it out of bounds there. And people are have been breaking down. I saw Kurt Warner breaking down the Kirk Cousins thing yesterday. You can't throw it to fucking... Uh, you know, Jefferson and double coverage. 
Well, first of all, you did it in the Buffalo game, and he came down with a one-handed catch and saved your fucking miracle game. You can't throw it across. You can do anything you want. You could fucking scramble. The one thing you can't do is throw it to a tight end who chipped blocked on the play, catches a ball with his back to the field, seven yards short of where your first down's got to be with no head start with a guy on him. It's it's essentially Kirk Cousins in one play just said, I don't have the brain to win a Super Bowl. The end. So we can we can say how great Kirk Cousins played all the game. And he did. He played great. But in the end, what happened? The game was on the line. They're down seven. They have a chance to come down and win. And he fucking blew it. And then also, let's go one step further. If you 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 could you could look up the tweets out there. If you put this game on Kirk Cousins and not the defense, blah, 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 blah. Kirk Cousins is the fucking defense. They had the number one defense in football. They went to the fucking NFC championship game with Case Keenum. They decided that is not a winning strategy. We must get a quarterback. We must get a franchise quarterback. They overpaid Kirk Cousins. When you overpay a quarterback, you underpay other people. They had to let Diggs go. They luckily got Jefferson, and who's still on a rookie contract. But the money they spent on Kirk Cousins, they had to take from fucking somewhere. And guess what? It came from the defense. Now their fucking defense stinks. Kirk Cousins is the reason your defense stinks. Now, look, the defense it does stink. I just I just want to say like their defense stinks. But good quarterbacks have to overcome. Like, like, like all I'm saying, and I don't and I don't think I'm I don't think I'm picking on him by saying it. I, I just think good core here's all I say about good quarterbacks and great quarterbacks. They have to overcome other deficiencies in their team, whether it's a bad defense, a shitty offensive line, no weapons, you name it. Like Great quarterbacks, and I know most people don't think he's great. It's just illusional Vikings fans. Great quarterbacks overcome what are deemed deficiencies in other areas of the field. On that final drive, like it really is important. The you can't you can't understate it enough. The 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 cream of the crop rise when they have to. Like that was always the thing on Matthew Stafford. You were you were always a Stafford guy. I was always like, all right, let's see it. You know what I'm saying? Like. I think that's a prime example. Last year, they're losing the final drive. It's been a defensive battle all Super Bowl. He has to make that drive, and he does. And it's like, okay, man, you elevated him. You elevated for me. Like you did. You did a a game winning drive for the Super Bowl. Like that's not easy to do. You elevated your status for me. You elevated your status for a lot of people. You have to do that. And Cousins just does not seem able to ever do that through 11 years. Also, let's just go a little bit more specifically on the game he actually had. So Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator of the Giants, who's now obviously getting head coaching fucking, you know, interviews, going to interview with Indianapolis, I think. He's Mr. Blitz. The Giants blitz more than any team in football this year. And therefore, when you blitz, you usually play man-to-man. So yesterday, after the game that they have in Minnesota on Christmas Eve, 
yesterday, he goes, zone, the whole game. Doesn't blitz Kirk Cousins at all. At all. Brackets Justin Jefferson most of the game. And plays a soft zone. He essentially, and 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 let me just say this, because it was very frustrating the whole game, because I was like, this is a dangerous game, man. And also, I think, you know, in the end, to me, you push, if you push that blitz a little bit, a little bit, like Kirk Cousins is Mr. Fucking, Kirk Cousins is worse in the league for starting quarterbacks against the blitz. The, 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 the moment in the game that almost made me kill myself was end of the first half. They have a holding call. They can get pushed back to second and 19. They decline it. And, and they give the Vikings third and nine. And I'm like, what are we doing? Oh, you think one stop, you get off the field. Kirk Cousins on his own side of the field was second and 19. As is, has as good a chance of being a scoring opportunity for the Giants as it does of them getting a fucking first down. Like, put him behind the sticks, blitz the fuck out of him, make him make a mistake. But absolutely, it became clear throughout the game that the strategy was play soft, give him the underneath stuff, don't let Justin Jefferson beat us with a huge play. Even give this tight end, which God damn, don't get me started on the Giants and their just historic inability to cover tight ends just through my entire lifetime. But it was a strategy. So then everybody goes, oh, Kirk Cousins, you know, he completed 80% of his passes and he fucking blah, blah, blah. And he didn't, he kind of did exactly what the defense was strategizing for him to do. Justin Jefferson didn't have a huge game. No huge plays. Keep everything in front of you. He worked a couple good drives. But like, in the end, I can question it as I watch the game. Why don't we blitz this cunt who can't fucking handle the blitz? And they're going, because we don't need to. How about we just don't give up any huge plays and we outscore them because their defense stinks? To which I say, Fine, but also that has to be taken into consideration when you say for the people who say, oh, Kirk Cousins didn't blow this game. Why? Because he did exactly what the Giants wanted him to do. Yeah, we have a couple calls I want to play. A couple Kirk Cousins troll calls. That shit is just so crazy to me that. You kick out Case Keenum because he's not good enough to win you a Super Bowl, and you go out there and get yourself a quarterback that doesn't throw eight yards on a fourth and eight. Shocker. Where's where's he from? I don't know, but I love him. All right, we have another one. Hey, what's going on? It's Troy from Jersey. So basically, I'm. No, is this it or is this a different one? It's Troy a different call. Um, hold on a second. No, it's this one. I'll get to him later in the show. Hey, what's up, Joe and Andy? Uh, this is Dirt Wall, Dirtball Whoopi, uh, brother of uh, Dirtball Jimmy, and I just want to say the uh, Giants went out there and uh, conquered the amazing Kirk Cousins, who is. The best of all time, apparently. Fuck Kirk Cousins. Fuck the Vikings. Uh, condoms are for Jalen Hurts and Jerry Jones. Fuck them. 
Uh, I just want to say a shout out also to uh, Randy Ruther, Andy Ruther. Thank you guys so much. Uh, love your podcast. Thank you. Hell yeah. What he's like, 14. What are you, 14, yeah. bro? Are you old enough to be listening to us? Yeah. I love that. I was like, he's like, fuck Jerry Jones, fuck Jalen Hurts. He, you know, like, he's shout got out to my mom, know, shout out to my dad, <laughs> shout out to my LLB backpack, shout you out to Miller Light. You know, he's got, he's got that, uh, that young energy. Yeah. Like he's ready to give shout outs. He's ready to say, fuck the world. Yeah. He, he's feeling that. Like, I want to shout out these socks my mom got me for Christmas. <laughs> he, he's got that young, he's got that young dirtball energy. And also that like young, I'm proud of my Giants energy. Yeah. Like he's ready. He's ready for the Cowboys. But like, I know Andy that like all the dirt balls are like, oh, this is going to be an epic one. This is going to be an epic one. It's going to be like, and it's just like, I don't really like, what What do I say that I haven't already said? Like yeah. Kirk Cousins is a fraud and has always been a fraud. And if you want to be, you want me to address each and every one of these people fucking you know one by one go to my twitter i did it where's our boy bundy i have not also our our hotline is open for you guys who fucking bundy call us 310-359-8365 i demand an apology jeff vick call us i demand an apology fucking the wanye best call me like you're you're just and 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 god damn it here's the last thing that i want to say about kirk cousins before we talk about the fucking actual good quarterback in this game. Guys, just when you're sitting at home watching your favorite team in your fucking lame-ass purple fucking jerseys. Shots fired. Okay? Doing your fucking skull, convincing yourself this guy's the best and this guy's the best and we're going to the fucking Super Bowl this year. Just know that some of us, some of us have been doing this for a long fucking time and get paid good fucking money to make sports content. And it is our fucking life. And the reason that I've gotten this far is because I'm fucking good at it. And you're fucking not. Humble I'm brag. Brag. Calling out all the people that didn't wear a fucking helmet. I'm not saying you need to wear a helmet. I think that if you, in fact, I think that people who thought Kirk Cousins was a good quarterback should wear a helmet. They should wear a helmet on the short bus. They take to fucking school. Because you're fucking deficient in the brain. It was always there. It was always there and it was always fucking obvious. And and what's pathetic, and this is what's going to be the transition into the fucking Daniel Jones talk, you're all just fucking fantasy watchers. You're all just stat watchers. You don't know what the you don't know your fucking asshole well, from that's, your elbow. That's real quick. That's you, know, that, you wouldn't know you wouldn't know watching. a fucking you wouldn't know a five star Michelin restaurant from the fucking danger which I just had when it comes to football. You're just stat watchers. Well, yeah, that's the thing. So as as I've gotten older, and I, I was actually talking about this last night when I was watching the game, like you can see plays, like I was pointing out certain plays, specifically. That like certain throws Burrow was making, and I was I was saying like to you know some of the people I was with in my section, I'm like, people don't realize how hard some of these throws are when when you're under pressure, when you're getting blitzed. I was like, people don't the the, the common fan, like you said, is looking at the stats and they're saying, oh, that throw only went for eight yards, but you're saying, look at that window. 
on on the elite quarterbacks. Daniel I, Jones is trash. You're gonna make it. You're not gonna win a playoff game. Dude. Daniel Jones is trash. Why? Because you watch him with Pat Shermer. Because you watch him with Joe Judge. Because you watch him with no offensive line. Because you're watching him currently with no wide receivers. Literally scrap heap wide receivers. Guys, watch the fucking game. He turns the ball over too much. Oh, he fumbles too much. You know why he fumbles too much? Because he gets fucking strip sacked. He oh suddenly they have a competent coach. He's not getting strip sacked every fucking play. Like what the fuck are you guys doing? Like take a minute, get football for fucking dummies. I, one last thing about Kirk Cousins. I saw the headline. I think somebody might have posted this in Reddit. It's an SB Nation story, and it says Kirk Cousins is never going to win anything because he's a, a Costco hot dog. Well, as a, as a Costco hot dog guy. In fact, I just had one on Friday. He's not a Costco hot dog. You know why? So here's what a Costco hot dog is. It's a dollar fifty, and yeah, you get, Costco hot dog is good value. That's what I was about to say. Kirk Cousins is the opposite of good yeah, value. A Costco hot dog, you get a hot dog this big. So like, take me. I was starving. Case Keenum's a hot co- Costco hot dog. A hundred percent. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a Costco hot dog and a drink for dollar fifty, and that's gonna tie me over for the next three hours. Like, this is great value. Now, if that Costco hot dog and drink cost me five ninety nine, then it would be Kirk Cousins. Actually, it would be Kirk Cousins. It would cost you $40 million. It, hear me out, Andy. Imagine you went to Costco, okay? Imagine you went to Costco and you were like, I have $300 for all of my fucking shit, right? Yeah. And you were like, I got to get fucking cereal. I got to get underwear. I got to get meats for taco. I got to get all the, well, I don't know what the fuck you buy at Costco, TVs, couches, all the shit you buy. Can you imagine if you went with your $300 and it cost you $96 for your Costco hot dog that you ate on the way in? Then it'd be Kirk Cousins. He's a third of your fucking Costco salary cap for the fucking day. You're like, oh shit. Now I've only got $200 left because I ate a $100 hot dog on the way in. Then it'd be Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So what do you, so like you, you're pretty amped. You not, you talk, Tug and I were texting about like Daniel Jones before the game. And Tug had a funny joke about, you know, calling it, he's going to start his Hall of Fame career now. And I said, troller moron, joking back. Here's the thing about Daniel Jones and no, and, and, Obviously, my opinion has shifted on Daniel Jones with this year hugely the last few weeks, you know, certainly. But when people have asked me the whole time, three years of Daniel Jones' career, is he the guy? Is he the guy? Is the guy? How can I answer that? I would always say that. I go, how can I answer that? How can I answer whether or not he's the guy when he's not protected? When he has no one to fucking throw to. When Saquon Barkley was in, he looked great. And when Saquon Barkley was out, he looked trash. When Joe Judge is running quarterback sneaks on third and eight, like, like, how do you judge a guy? And it's the same thing. And I, I, I'll always, I'll say this always as well is like Eli Manning better get in the Hall of Fame. But like the idea that the end of Eli Manning's career when the Giants were fucking terrible is some, I I always say this about LeBron, Jordan, Eli, Peyton, Tom Brady, whatever is like, you can't hurt your legacy. You know, 
you can you can only add to your legacy. You know, that's why I don't I would never say Russell Wilson had a legacy after three years. You know, he should he won something. But Eli Manning had a legacy 14 years into his career. And the last couple of years, he's playing behind no offensive line. People are like, this is why he's fucking not a Hall of Famer. Why? Because his team fucking suddenly stinks and he didn't just quit. Like, how would you judge Daniel Jones? On anything up until fucking this year, he has a competent head coach. And suddenly, a, a, he has a, well, he has look, a, to, to a, be a, fair, a year long combo. Forget no wide receivers. He has a year-long combo of competent head coach, healthy Saquon Barkley, all-pro left tackle. Suddenly, Daniel Jones figured out how to play quarterback. Well, you do improve. Let's let's not disregard that completely. Like guys improve, guys involve or evolve. Yeah, absolutely. Just this is like, the fourth year. Just is this like, his fourth year, right? Yeah, yeah. And the Giants are. Want to? I, I imagine that there are Giants executives who want to jump off a building for not picking up his fifth-year option before the season started. But shocker, 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 Josh Allen, who was, is he accurate enough for the NFL? Is he just all arm strength? A couple years with Brian Dable, he's the fucking MVP candidate coming into this year. Year without Brian Dable, now he's got 30 fumbles and intercept combo, 30 fumbles and interceptions this year. Suddenly, he's not quite as what he was last year. I listened to Bill Simmons this morning. Bill Simmons called uh, fucking Daniel Jones. I, I What was the phrase he used? Uh, like, thinking man's Josh Allen. He's like, he's playing the way you want Josh Allen to play. And Josh Allen's playing recklessly. Daniel Jones made... Zero bad decisions yesterday. You got that's where you got to start. That's where you got to start in the NFL. Well, here's the even thing. even listen, you can you could you could say that the difference in this game, 31-24, Daniel Jones made zero bad decisions, Kirk Cousins made one. If you wanted to break it down that simply, the end, game over. You think Daniel Jones is throwing it eight yards short of the sticks on fourth down? No. Nah. He's probably fucking scrambling. The dude went for 300 yards, two touchdowns, 75. Now, listen, we can get into, do I think that this is a long-term strategy? Running Daniel Jones as your lead running back? Absolutely fucking not. But the same thing I've been saying, the Giants need him to run right now. They need to change their offense with free agency and actually getting him some receivers with playing some defense with whatever, where him being able to run is a bonus, but not needing. They need him to run to win now. And that is not a long-term strategy, not for Lamar Jackson, not for Josh Allen, not for Daniel Jones. They, yeah, This is not a long, you can't give him $30 million a year this summer and then ask him to run the ball 15 times a game. No, it's not sustainable. But Definitely. the bottom line is, he had the best quarterback game of the whole weekend, save for maybe Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy had a lot of fucking, you know, it was a lot less pressure in the second half. Yeah. So you all guys the are dead. All the quarterbacks we saw, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, 
Well, look, I, you know, my thing that, cousins. that people forget, you talk about not making a mistake. Guys, come playoffs. These games are going to be fun. I mean, look, look at these games. Outside of that Seahawks-Niners game, which was good in the first half, these were all games, man. Like, it's the playoffs. And people forget that, right? Like, people forget. I know some of these lines were big. And there were some big spreads out there, but guys, this is the playoffs, man. You and, and and teams traditionally win. Who win the turnover battle? Like, like you can't make mistakes. Now the Jags Chargers game is like a whole outlier for that because that's a whole other debacle, I think. And I put the hundred percent on the coach, but you got to take care of the ball. And if Daniel Jones can have zero interceptions, zero fumbles. That's a great start. Be the team's leading rusher, throw for 300 yards, throw for two touchdowns, punt the ball one time. So you're for sure against the Eagles. Yeah. What's that line at right now? Seven and a half. Interesting. I believe it opened at seven and a half. I think it swung down and then it maybe went back up. You, I know since you're in Vegas, you're going to, you're going to put a little money on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing. This, and, and you know, you asked me the, the question last episode and you kind of, you know, you kind of said, oh, isn't it a little unfair to say, hey, you're, you know, you're confident, but also if you lose this game, it's not a big deal. It's like, I was confident that we could beat the Vikings. I'm not confident that we can beat the Eagles. Can the Giants beat the Eagles? Of course they can. In fact, I like the Giants' chances of beating the Eagles, but I am not confident the Giants are going to beat the Eagles. In fact, I would say I'm fairly confident that the Eagles are going to beat the Giants. Now, I think we have a better coach. I think we're hot. I think we're not coming off a bye week, which some sometimes helps certain teams, sometimes hurts certain teams. Um, I think Jalen Hurts' injury is being downplayed. Um, I think that they're going to be rusty. There's certainly an opportunity, but it's in Philly. Um, you know, I also think that there's some portion of this giants team that like, like me is like, this was good enough. Yeah. Like, like this is enough for this season. Like it certainly is enough. Like you know that you can ha use Daniel Jones going forward. You know, he can be your guy like in, in this game alone. And I, and honestly, that is where you get to with the Eagles game is like the Eagles are the one seed. The Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. Do you play them tight in Philadelphia in a playoff game? And does Daniel Jones play well? Then it's like win or lose. Who gives a fuck? Because I can tell you one thing. Can the Giants beat the Eagles? Yes, they can. Can the Giants win the Super Bowl? No. The Giants can't win the Super Bowl this year. And I say that the same way I look at, oh, Kirk Cousins can't, or this guy can't, or that guy can't. Like, this team isn't, like, their right. roster is not good enough. Yeah. Their roster is not good. Their coaching is good enough. Some of these guys will will get their playoff reps and be around, but there's still major holes in this Giants roster. And if you beat an Eagles team, which they could, I just don't think that, I just think they're, completely outgunned in a potential Niners matchup. And I think that they're probably almost as outgunned against just about any team 
left in the AFC besides probably the fucking Jaguars. The best, you know, the Jaguars, and then I guess maybe in some sort of Super Bowl magic where they pulled the Chiefs, who also have a suspect defense, so you could play it, you know, like, but against teams with, like, good defenses and good offenses, like, I just think that they're just completely outgunned. But who gives a shit, man? Coach. Quarterback. Offensive line. Defense. We've got a fucking defensive strategy. We've got players, young players on the defense to build around. We've got the coach, no doubt about it. We probably have one of the, we, we have a guy who jumped into the top five coaches in the NFL class in year fucking one. We've got uh, at least one all pro piece on the offensive line. And now guys filling in and playing well, you have to improve that. You just have to sure up some of these roster holes and then you can do it. But the bottom line is the giant, unlike, you know, the, the confusion between the people who are like, Oh, it's a super bowl or bus league is like the giants are building toward a super bowl. The Vikings are building away from a super bowl. That's a huge difference. And, and this is where they crossed. The, the Vikings are headed back down away from where they were. They, the close they got to Super Bowl is NFC Championship game. They're going the other way, and they just crossed a team that's on its way toward a Super Bowl. And I just honestly don't know how somebody knows football, watches the game that the Giants played. I don't care wh- how good the defense is. And just looks at the decision-making, the quality of the throws, the, you know, the cleanliness of the offense the creativity of the offense and doesn't say, yeah, man, if they can figure out how to play, pay Saquon, Andrew Thomas, Daniel Jones, and Thibodeau and sign a free agent or two and keep drafting well, that you don't go, this this is going to be the team of the NFC East for a while. And that makes me extremely happy for as a Giants fan, and also as a fucking Daniel Jones fan. Like, the guy was getting shit on in the New York media because he was on a shitty team. It's a big difference between that and what happened to Zach Wilson, who's on a team that probably makes the playoffs if he just fucking get his head out of his ass. Yeah. Well, coaching obviously is very important. And I think I talked about how these games are closer. The defenses step it up. Traditionally, you have less scoring. Coaching, in my opinion, could not be more evident in some of these losses. Like Mike McDaniel, I liked him out the gate. Now I'm just like, what is this guy? Like, you're good enough coach to be a 13 and a half point underdog with a third string quarterback in Buffalo to be right there. Like, you're good enough coach to get your offense playing that well. And then. The whole, the whole thing with the fourth down on fourth and short, it, it, it's mind-boggling. And I have the clip. I feel like this didn't get enough press. Did you hear what he said? No. Did you hear what he said? You're right there, man. You're driving to tie or win the game. His excuse. I'm like, do you have CTE, dude? Did somehow 
Tua transfer his CTE and all his concussions to you. His, you know, his excuse, and I'm going to play it here. It sounds like a kid lying to their parents when they get caught doing something where you looking at your teenage sons is going, what are you talking about? None of this makes sense. This is what Mike McDaniel said in the pro in, in the, in the uh, post game. Try to just decipher all this. This was when asked about that play where if you didn't see it, they're around midfield. It's fourth in like half of half a yard. Yeah. And they, they take a delay game. They take a delay a game, but here's what's crazy. I don't know if you saw, cause somebody posted a great video on it. I don't know if you saw, but they actually got more than, than the, a lot of time. Right. Did you know that? Yeah. They didn't just get the 35 seconds. It somehow was reset, which seemed like it was almost accidental at 25 after it was below 25. They had more than the normal time. This was his response to what happened. Couple of different scenarios. It's something that, um, you know, obviously will be a point of emphasis. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, in the uh, in the off season, but you know, there's compounding variables. There was some crowd noise that had to do with mishearing some digits of the wristband. There was um, some uh, some. Uh, issues with. I'm going to stop it right there. Yeah, I, said, I, I would. I would honestly say you could have stopped after the first four words. Compounding variables. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw this. A lot of tweets were going out. It almost looked like he vaped. I'm thinking he. Are you high? Is he high right now? Legit. I'm not the even making a joke. The here. bottom line is with a lot of these coaches, and you see it. And Mike McDaniel is a great example. It's like he goes to a team, he's an offensive guy, he goes to a team, he changes their offense, their offense is great. Sure. But there's more to being the head coach when you're an offensive guy or a defensive guy than bringing your strategy that you use on another team and bringing it in. You have all this other shit now. You know, like, and you have to be able to, you know, turn the reins over and let somebody else call your plays. Let them like say that they have that 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 you have confidence in them being inside your brain. You work hand in hand. They're going to call the game as good as you will or whatever. If if you can't do that and focus on the thing, I'm going to say it again, dude. Look at our coach. Look at the New York Giants coach. There was two situations down the stretch: one deep in Vikings territory, and one where they were not even at midfield yet, where they had short yardage, put the game away and Dable went to the QB sneak with Daniel Jones. It's like, what, what, what variables, dude, you're, you have a, you have a yard, put your quarterback under the center. Like at this point, I put your quarterback under the center and like, you, you don't have a hand signal for QB sneak. He He's saying very compounded variables. He is going in front of the whole world and talking about crowd noise. Well, no shit, Mike McDaniel. You're on the road in a playoff game in Buffalo, of all places. Of course, yeah. dude, you're using crowd it's, noises. It's 30 degrees out. It, no one known in the stadium's wearing a shirt. You didn't think they'd be screaming? And I'm going to, do you know what this is to me? This is pathetic. Like, this is pathetic. Or he's just stoned. He looks stoned. I'm going to post the video on Twitter. He straight up looks high. This isn't even that. The rest, I'm going to play the last next 30 seconds. The huddle of communication and getting to the line of scrimmage, um, you know, the, and there's 
the the excuse that you don't use but that is a real compounding variable That's that you don't use but there's a real compounding why does he keep talking about compounding variables dude i'm telling you he's stoned that's all the stuff that you that you do in in this business is you um you never stop finding the things that you can improve on um and and it's a it was a piece of the reason uh you know why we we're unable to come out with a victory but it, it definitely wasn't the only reason there's a um a lot it's, of people it's can, a kid it's a kid doing a book report for a book you didn't read that's a, that's what it is that's that's a better analogy than i gave that's a great one like what what happened in huckleberry finn he's like well i mean there's a lot of variables but i know um I know, you know, there's a raft and um, and, you know, you, you use a lot of excuses for uh, for for why Huck did what he did. But uh, we're not going to talk about him, you know, and 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 the bottom line is next next year when somebody else reads this book, they're, they're going to have they're going to come away with different themes than I did, you know. So when you ask me what I think, it's a it's a difficult question because isn't my thought uh, my own? And why am I like, why don't you think about what what your uh, themes of Huckleberry Finn are, teacher? And then we'll discuss in the offseason. Like what's amazing about it is like. Why? Why? Like we're talking about fourth and or a foot or whatever it is. That's what like, I'm saying. How hard is it to just be like, you sneak. sneak it and the guy can push your back. So I was complaining about that last night. Same thing. A multiple third and fourth shorts. And I'm saying, why are you ever, ever? I don't care the team. Why are you ever on fourth and less than a yard ever not doing a QB sneak? Like you can push the guy in his back. Now, if you can't get a, a half a foot or a foot or whatever it is, you don't deserve to win. I would be terrified if I'm a Dolphins fan. And he can maybe clean this up because he's obviously a good offensive coach. No one's debating that. But like this is mind-boggling to hear. But this. it gets away from you so fast if you don't. I mean, we're, this is going to be an easy transition into Brandon Staley. But like it gets away from you so fast where you have a couple of these and it's fucking hard to get it right after a while. I mean, there's not a lot of people who get Andy Reid's like 15 years to figure out how to strategically coach. And he's still not that great at it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it, it, this is a league that's going to be like, chew you up and spit you out if you can't get a call in to just snap the ball. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and that was my point of like the coaching. You can be a great offensive coach. And obviously Mike McDaniel is. I'm not going to debate that. But this stuff matters. I mean, the Brandon Staley. the like, like you're wasting Justin Herbert. You're wasting a good defense. You're wasting Bosa, like you're wasting guys who are on these rookie deals. You're just wasting them. There is no excuse to blow a 27 point lead in the playoffs. And, and that's no excuse. And that is where you're talking about like 
if you're a call of the plays and you're making these decisions and you're doing this and you're doing that, you have to also have as part of your like coaching repertoire being like, Hey, this game runs 60 minutes. Yeah. Like even if Justin's going to call the plays at the line and he's going to like audible to what he fucking wants and we're going to run the, and, and let, let's just pretend Andy, he fucking loves Justin Herbert and, and, and he does, he's not taking his foot off the gas and he's not going to get conservative and whatever. And so you're only going to run the ball seven times in the second half. You're up 27. You're going to run the ball seven times, seven times in the second half. How about, how about just remembering if you just have the lead when the clock runs out, you win. How about take the play clock to zero sometimes? Yeah. How about take it to one? Why are you running the ball seven times in the second half and snapping the ball at 25 seconds? If you don't like if if strategically my 10-year-old nephew playing Madden is better than you, then I don't really give a shit how creative you are offensively or how creative you are defensively. Because the bottom line is, look at a guy like Steve Kerr in the NBA to cross sports for a minute. Steve Kerr strategically has been open that he does cover songs. He steals plays from everybody. He stole plays from D'Antoni. He steals plays when he sees the other team doing it. He stole plays from fucking Brad Stevens. He steals plays from this guy. He steals plays. He doesn't need to be creative. He watches basketball. If you watch the if if you need a fucking running play and you're a defensive guy, hey, the Giants just showed you the crazy fucking Statue of Liberty play yesterday. Steal it. But if you don't understand how time works, you're not allowed to be a coach in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I think it it was a debacle. And you know what? The the charge. It sounds like the Chargers are going to keep him. It's unbelievable. I was going to say. I know you. You and I both agree. Like that is a extremely fireable offense that you have to do. You have to fire him. I know they've had so many coaches and I've seen some blowback from people saying that saying how many, how many guys you want these guys to go through? Uh, as many as it takes to find guys who understand time. So I forget which former was it Sean Phillips? I think maybe it was Sean Phillips, a former charger who said, look, they fired, they fired uh, Marty Schottenheimer at 14 and two. Or maybe he was, or I forget, maybe I'm completely miscalling it. They're arguing the other way. I mean, like, they fired Marty and they're not, maybe it was, they're, they're not going to fire this. You know, they won 10 or 11 games. It's like, again, when you have the level of talent that they have, but here's the other thing we're not talking about, we're not talking about the great, this guy, his, his, you know, spotless record. And then in his first playoff, was this their first playoff game? Correct the spotless coaching record. And then his first playoff game, there's this epic disaster. And the moment was too big for him. It's like, dude, this dude's blown fucking blues. blown fucking 
eight games in two years. Yeah. I guess I'm looking. I guess Sean, all he tweeted was so if Marty got fired after going 14 and two in a playoff loss, what is next for BS? Well, he should be fired. Well, yeah, but he absolutely should be fired because, and there's a history. I'm, I, but I, I'm sorry. And I, I'm going to, Randy Ruther, if you're watching, uh, I, I, this isn't a shot at you, but I, you're just the person that I saw that made this kind of comment. And now I also know that, that Randy is coming from a very Bengals sent like the Randy Ruther is a character that is a psychotic Bengals fan. It also happens to be Justin and he's, <laughs> and, and that's who he is in real life. But, but like, ah. you, know, you know, tweets like don't ever compare Justin Herbert to Joe Burrow. I agree. I don't like that tweet at all. It's like, what? His coach doesn't understand how time, like, how is this, how is this on Justin Herbert? Yeah. Well, and I saw a lot of the bottom line is do that. The bottom line is you have an elite quarterback, at least talent wise. You do. And you're, you're, you're fucking stumbling your way into the playoffs and you're blowing huge leads there. Brian Dable is the Chargers coach. Justin Herbert probably wins the MVP. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I don't like that take not to just destroy Justin, but you see, you see that, especially from Bengals fans, which I don't know why Bengals fans for the record that this whole Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow. I, I don't know what your insecurity is because Bengals fans clearly have some weird insecurity with Justin Herbert. I, I think Justin Herbert's great. I've always been like, dude, he's the real fucking deal. Now that you can say like, the thing is, I just don't think that you can judge the 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 thing with Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow's already proven he's clutch for sure. the The idea that Justin Herbert proved he is unclutch in that game is ludicrous. You like the clutch isn't a factor in fucking that. Like run the ball, run the fucking ball. You're up twenty seven points. They turn the ball over five times. You should come out and say, after halftime, we're going to run the ball. And if we have four straight possessions of running the ball and they fucking stop us, well, then we'll we'll figure it out. If they score a touchdown in every single one. But otherwise, not to mention the Bosa penalty that was the difference in the game in them being able to go for two. Like, he threw his helmet... the. The coach picked it up and he threw it again. Like we have, we have literal video evidence that one of your, not just your star player, but your number one defensive star player has zero respect for your head coach. Zero. By the way, that scene of throwing the helmet and the coach picking him up and him throwing it again, gave me extreme Latimer from the program vibes. Yeah. Like with the hair and the roid rage. Like the Bosa brothers, which probably yeah. would be would be a great wrestling duo, the Bosa yeah. brothers. Would love to see that. Definitely are taking some shit, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen. Who wins in a fight? The Bosa brothers or the Watt brothers? Oh. The Watts, the Watts have three. I'll tell you what, I'll take the Gronks over all of them. 
Ooh. I just feel like the Gronks don't give a fuck. How many Gronks are there? A lot. Like cousins just jumping off the top roof. Oh, I think the, the Gronk dad. I think the Gronk dad is supposedly like the fucking one. Like the Gronk dad, like puts them all in a sweaty basement. And they all drink Bud Lights and like work out together. Like I think that they're on the record of saying that. Really? Yeah. Now I think more of the brothers would have made it into the Hall of Fame if they had been drinking Miller Lights. Just me personally, that would be the adjustment I gave to Gronk's dad. But otherwise. I'll take the Gronks over. I'll take the Gronks versus the Watts and the Bosas. Wow. A little Royal Rumble. A brother Royal yeah. Rumble. I think the Bosas would do some damage. I don't trust I mean, the Watts. You know that, I don't that, trust the Watts? You know I don't trust the Watts? They did an ad campaign with Subway. Yeah. Exactly. Just saying. Sus. Exactly. Totally sus right there. But that Joey Bosa penalty, and it wasn't for throwing his helmet, but that penalty essentially cost him the game, right? Yeah. Chargers Joey Bosa breaks silence on his inexcusable behavior. And I'm not sure if they're talking about the helmet throw or him storming the Capitol on January 6th, but I'll, I'll open the article. So oh, I'm, not, I'm not going to an app. Get fucked. I love that. Yeah. And you know what stinks for me as, as a football fan? And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just wrong. As, as, a, as a fan of the game, especially NFL playoffs, I think the Chargers had a legitimate shot to beat the Chiefs. I give a very small shot of the Jets. Just because the Chargers have done it, even with that clown of a coach, you know, they've gone to the division. Yeah, the whole thing. We all know how hard the division is. We and you're going to see it this week. I think with your Giants, where like I'm, ta- I'm for sure taking the Giants in that spread, just because you just you know, you know. I saw I went I saw it last night firsthand. Everyone's saying backup quarterback, and I'm saying, dude, it's the Ravens Bengals. It's going to be a grind out. Like no team is going to just be lighting up the score. And it was like, that's what you would see in my opinion. If you had a chargers chiefs, it wouldn't be as high scoring as people think they know each other. Like you said, and now it sucks because I just don't give the Jags much of a chance. Now kudos to the Jags. Like that's a huge win. That's a huge win for Trevor Lawrence's career. He started off terribly turned it around the second half. That's a huge win. It just sucks because I'm already, again, maybe I'm being false and maybe I'm wrong. I'm just already checking the Chiefs into the AFC championship. Which is crazy. Listen, I'm in a I'm in a playoff bracket. I sent you guys a picture of my playoff bracket. I'm in a playoff bracket every year. I picked the Chargers to upset the Chiefs. And I agree with you. And I mean, par- part of that was like, did I did I think it was gonna happen? No, but you got, you know, you gotta make a different, you gotta, you gotta zig where other people zag at some point. That's how you win these things. I took the Giants to win in Minnesota and I took the Giants to win. Uh, versus Philly before losing to the Niners. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, Tim, it, what's funny is the Chiefs, if you listen to me talk about the Chiefs through, through the course of the year, I'm like, oh, it's to me, it's still the Chiefs. It's still the Chiefs. It's still the Chiefs. It's like we had that is fun little story last year with the Bengals. And I know everybody's on the Bills, but like to me, it's like we're just pretending the Chiefs don't exist. And then down the stretch, the Chiefs defense just so fucking suspect. And 
so I go into last week when we go to the preview show and I'm down on the chiefs and I'm like, I think the chargers might be the chiefs, but I definitely think the winner of a fucking bills Bengals game has a great chance of beating the chiefs. And then the chiefs don't even play this weekend. And suddenly I'm like, are the chiefs going back to the super bowl? Because the chargers lose. I don't think the Jags, especially with Peterson being a fucking Andy Reid, you know, coaching tree guy, beat the Chiefs now. I think it could be a fun game, but I don't think they beat them. And suddenly, the Bengals didn't look great. No. The Bills didn't look great. No, the Bengals are losing offensive linemen. They're are dropping like flies. The Bills are, are, are almost losing games to fucking Skylar Thompson, who's who throws for 200 yards on 45 attempts. Chiefs didn't do anything but not show up. And I'm like, I, oh, I, I, I agree. No, that dude, that's my sentiment. That's a hundred percent my sentiment. It's the same exact thing. And now we got like Andy Reid after a bye, and like yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like, I think this Bills Bengals game is gonna be just a real close tight game. I also had a lot of questions last. Like, like again, the Bengals they cannot run the ball lately. Like if you if you run fifty like you won that game on one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen, and and you can imagine being there. Yeah, what was that scene like? It was insane, bananas. What was the scene like? Don't say bananas because it makes me think of the disgusting banana peppers. That smell is permeating this room. Yeah, you're gonna have to get it cleaned. Uh, uh, there was it was just two minutes ago and you just told me what it was was just two minutes ago. I was like, is there a gas leak in this room or something like that? Like this room smells horrible. Do I have to have change rooms? Like, and then I was like, it's that fucking sandwich. Um, The atmosphere for the bills, the now infamous bills, Bengals game we went to was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been around for a professional football game. What was the pregame atmosphere last night? What was the in-game atmosphere? What was the atmosphere like from the fumble return and then post-game? Go. It was, it was pretty good. Like I went to the same tailgate, the the Bengal gym tailgate. Hushmanzada was there. You know, people were getting turned. Hushmanzada gave a nice little rally cry. He he led the who day. We chant. need to start. Do we need to start talking about the Randy Ruther curse? Andy Ruther goes, who shows up and they win? Randy Ruther goes, we can't even, we can't, there's, too, there's too many people there for us to even see Anthony Munoz. We, we're pissing in the woods. The game doesn't even finish. <laughs> ah, that's pretty funny. His boy, his boy, TJ Hushman's out at the first game back. TJ Hushman's out is there. He's wearing his all pro jersey for some reason, his, his, his Pro Bowl jersey for some reason. Hoosh is the man. He uh and then he led the they do that ruler of the jungle. He led that. People were pretty turned. And you can imagine 815 game. People were lit. Dude, I saw a guy speaking of people being lit. I don't know why. Like it's because I don't drink and I'm so aware of everything. This guy, I wish that I hadn't filmed. As we were leaving the stadium, as me and Jay Lloyd were leaving the stadium, this guy, dude, he <laughs> So close. He's walking down the steps. He's so drunk. Probably like a 50-year-old dude. He's wearing a Jamar Chase jersey. Like a little overweight white guy. 
he's falling down the stairs and like caught the rail, like stumbling down multiple. And, I, and, I, and I'm watching this and I so wanted him to just eat it and just roll down the stairs. And, and he catches it. And I don't know why seeing like just how he looked visually and wearing a chase jersey made it even funnier to me. And then he goes to the security guard or whatever, whoever's like at the stadium and he starts talking to him and he, it was like, he was speaking a different language. He was so drunk and he had this giant B medallion. You know how we have like the L chain, yeah. but it was like a B for bangles over the Jamar chase Jersey. And I just couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, how's this at my head? I'm thinking, how's this guy getting home tonight? Like, where's this guy going? But anyway, to answer your question, the scene was pretty good. They did the light thing again before the show where everybody holds up their phone. Right. And the energy was definitely like the word I used for the Bills game was palpable. Like you could feel it. And think about it. the Bengals drive right down. They don't get touched and they get a field goal. You know, the Bengals go up nine nothing. They missed an extra point. Like when they went up nine nothing, I said game over. Like in my head, I'm like, okay, game over. Huntley's already thrown an interception. But I'll tell you what about Huntley, man. He is athletic. He made some plays and also some wild plays. Yeah. Uh, if you watch that game, he's pretty good. There was definitely nervous energy after that. When, when the Ravens came back, the energy was nervous. And I you, said, you would, going, you would say he's significantly better than Anthony Brown. He's pretty, he's a lot better than Anthony Brown, <laughs> but I'm going to say this. And this might look, here's the thing. This might piss off Ravens fans or Lamar Jackson fans. I'm going to say it. I know they did nothing under Lamar Huntley or uh, Lamar Huntley as uh, Tyler Huntley. I combined them um, as the quarterback during the regular season. He's pretty done it. Like I, the, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say it. The drop off. There's obviously a drop off from Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, but it's not the, it's not the biggest drop off in my opinion. And again, well, I only saw, I mean, I think, I think this is again, what? It takes Lamar has that game breaking speed. That's yeah, the difference. I think there is a significant drop off between, okay. but I think the the you know you need to look at every one of these things about the actual situation, the finances of it, where you're at for a Super Bowl. Like that, the you have to be going. You have to be saying we're playing for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the thing is, is just like to me, if you're the Ravens and you sign Lamar Jackson to an extension, or if you franchise Lamar Jackson, or if you whatever, at least to me, you're saying we're trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. If you start Tyler Huntley. By choice. Yeah, the drop-off isn't the 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 hugest drop-off ever, but it's significant enough where I'm going, you're not trying to win the Super Bowl. You're not putting your best foot forward to win the Super Bowl. Now, you could say the management or Harbaugh are saying, like, let's not extend Lamar or let, let's trade Lamar or let's do whatever, and then we'll go with Huntley. But the but the try to win the Super Bowl part is we're going to build everything else, and then we're going to figure out the quarterback. That's okay for me too. 
But the bottom line is this, all of this stuff, it's always like, what is your situation? And to me, when you look around the league right now, with Lamar Jackson, healthy, are, are the Ravens like a sure thing, Super Bowl contender? No. Are they for sure an AFC championship game no. participant? Like, no. So then the question becomes like, what are you you're so that's a big financial so, fucking push. Like to me, I was I was tweeting back and forth with my buddy John Sampanero, who's a big Mets guy. We're talking, he's a Jets fan. He's like, give us Lamar, we'll win the Super Bowl. And I was like, first of all, yes, he helps you win the Super Bowl. But he's not even on the field right now for the fucking Ravens. Like I was like, yes, your defense is really good. And yes, he's dynamic. And yes, you have offensive pieces to go around him. But what's that window like? Yeah. So now you go and you get Lamar. Let's say you're the Jets. You go and you get Lamar Jackson. You have to extend him, right? Because that's now that's what you're doing. Could you win the Super Bowl? Yes. But it better happen the first two years. So he's not going to get younger. He's not going to get healthier. So last night's get game, cheaper, in my opinion. Well, the difference again, turnovers, right? The, that's the seven point swing. They're about to score a touchdown or at least get a field goal. That that play, that play was insane. And they scored. It's the same seats we were in, Joe, before. And so you know where that's. So they scored. The Bengals Hubbard scored that ninety eight yard touchdown run, right in front of me. Like that place was going insane. Like Jay Lloyd, and he knows this, and he'll verify this. Sit next to him. He was like, he was really worried, and and for sure, it's like a worried lot about what them losing. And oh, okay, and 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 people I went to the game with, I'd never seen the Bengals win at that stadium. I hadn't been to many. I I, I counted it out, and people I told people people were like, Just get the fuck out of here, like the Ruther curse could not have been stronger. And and I I could be right. Like, or I could be wrong on this, but I, I came off the top of my head, my first Bengals game there, because I never lived here. So you basically have that option when you're home for Christmas, for the most part. And a lot of times they're not home and I didn't care. I think I've been to five games there starting in 2005. So it was like an era. It was like Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton, Joe Burrow. I'd never seen them win. So like the Ruther curse was strong going in. That, that stadium went nuts, but I'll say this. They mishandled it. They ran all over the Bengals, all over. The fact that J.K. Dobbins, which I couldn't figure out, he had 13, I'm looking right now, he had 13 carries for 62 yards. He had four receptions for 43 yards. So he had 105 total yards. He should have got way more touches. Well, he's pretty open about the fact that he should have gotten touches on the goal line. Way more touches. Like, they basically said, we can't do shit with throwing the ball. As far as downfield, now they did have that one big play on Eli Apple, which was hilarious watching him get burned. Like, you're just like, what are you doing? You don't have to tell me. Yeah, you know, as a Giants fan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's trash. He's just tripped that double move. He's trash. But I, I, I've, I've, I've said it before. I think Eli Apple was born white. He's just been burnt to look like that. (laughs) But I'll say this that Ravens defense is fucking. Good. When you see it live, like the Bengals got, we all know what the Bengals have offensively, but those, those quick hitters to chase or Boyd or Higgins, none of that shit works on the Ravens. Like you're going to do that two yard catch and, and you're going to break it to 15. Nope. 
Those guys are on the ball. They tackle. And if you like watching a fun defense and a defense that gets to the ball, they're a fun team to watch live, that Ravens defense. But at the end of the game, it was that turnover. That You know, right. that's the difference. And moving forward, I think the Bengals and Bills will be a good game. But I'm like you. I just, I don't know what to make of it. Joe Burrow is basically, he's at back where he was last playoffs. Offensive line. Yeah. So he's running for his life. And... He just can't make the mistakes. And now, the Bills defense hasn't been playing nearly as well Same. as they started to play the year. The Chiefs defense is not good. Um, so you're you're looking at a situation where maybe you get through, but it's like you got to run the ball, though. Joe, you, Joe, they had 51 right. rushing yards. And I know but, I know the Ravens D is great, but like my 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 figure for a team like the Bengals, 80 minimum 85 to 90 rushing yards. But between the Bengals offensive line problems, the Josh Allen ball recklessness and the Bills lack of defense lately, I, I like again, I filled out my playoff bracket and I had a I had a, a Chargers team upsetting a Chiefs team. The Chargers blow that game. Brandon Staley should be fired. You should be the new fucking coach since you look like Brandon Staley, by the way. And um and <laughs> Now I'm suddenly like, are the Niners winning the Super Bowl of the Chiefs? Like, that's where I'm at right now. Like, yeah. I'm like, is Brock Purdy winning the fucking Super Bowl? And is he playing the Chiefs? Because now the Chiefs suddenly have like. Well, well, here's the thing about Brock. Brock had a great game. And we haven't obviously talked about that. Brock had a great game. But do you think that's just like, okay, the Seahawks, what they what they are as a team finally got caught up in the second half? Um. Yes and no. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny because they, in the end, they got blown out, but yeah. Tug, Tug and I are on this show last week saying like, oh, the fucking Seahawks can put up a scare in them. And they did. And they were right there. And yeah, it's like they're, you know, they turned back into a pumpkin, but it was like, it was that one play. It was the one turnover when they're going down, like the swing on the on the on the strip sack, Gina Smith, yeah, is yeah. everything, but but that's sort of separate. Like, um, the the thing about the Niners is like the familiarity and the Pete Carrollness and all the thing is why I thought the Seahawks had a chance, and for somebody who said the Seahawks had a chance and picked the Seahawks to cover. Despite the fact they got blown out, I'm like, they kind of did what I thought they would. Yeah. And then the, and then the wheels came off. Just came you off. You know? But when you look at that, is like the Niners are just they they're they're just they're gonna fucking wear you down, dude. Like they're gonna keep playing their game. Can you do it with them? They're gonna play defense, they're gonna get after you. They have crazy game breakers on offense in fucking Debo and McCaffrey. And Ayuk is not too fucking bad either. And Hurdy, though, he's not game managing, man. He's making like he made great plays. The the his mobility and the way he would like reset himself. And you know, he's scrambling away, but then he's like turn turning his shoulders to reset to make some of the throws. I mean, there was one play that it went off of whoever's hands in the back of the end zone. It was like the scramble throw of the year. It just happened to be dropped, but like he looks fucking 
good. Yeah. No, he does. He doesn't look like he's managing them. No, he's not. And he looks good. And, and right now, they play the winner of tonight's Bucks Cowboys game. Right? In San Francisco. Yeah. Give me the Niners. That's what I'm saying. Like, I like that. I like you know, the Niners in the Super Bowl. We we all know. Well, that's what I've been saying. I've been saying that all along, too. We we all know what happened the last time the Bucks went there. I don't have any really any more faith in the Cowboys. To not turn to, to play the game that the, the like I have I have the same feeling about the Cowboys as I do about the Seahawks. Like yeah, you'll play it close for a little while, but then how long until Dak turns the ball over? And then goodbye. We're running away. You give us one little opening. We're not going to take the foot off the gas. Shanahan, like Tug, tweet texted us during the game. He just schemes guys so open. And the you know what the difference is between you look at a couple of years ago when it, when we would talk about McVeigh and Goff, um, and uh, and even last year, it's like uh, the way McVeigh would scheme Cooper Cup open, yeah. wide open, to the tune of Cooper Cup winning the fucking triple crown of receiving. That's cool. When you scheme Debo Samuel open that way, it's a whole Bro. different fucking story. Bro. He's just like, I'm gone. Dude. This is a stud. I, I agree with you. I, I like the Niners making the Super Bowl. Now, the Niners-Eagle, if that was a Niners-Eagles championship game, it'd be interesting for sure. I'd like to see some more upsets along the way. You know, like, we'll see what happens. I just looked. Dude, Buffalo's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Like, I, again, I'm scratching my – is there something I'm missing, man? They were 13-and-a-half last week. They're five. They're five-and-a-half on the Bengals? No, I don't think so. And I think that game's going to be a fucking coin flip. I have no idea who wins that game. I picked the I picked the the Bills to win that game, but it, you know it sucks for Bengals fans because you were there. And I know it was again. It was two drives. I just think the Bengals came ready for that game. I just think they came ready to put up points. You know, at the end of the day. Well, listen. Do you think Demar Hamlin shows up that game? I don't know. Probably. Probably. Um, what's Josh Allen's deal, man? Because we haven't talked about that at all. In terms of, the, he just the makes ball. some reckless turnovers. Yeah, is that going to be his mo now, the rest of his career? Like that's what you get—you get the greatness with the wildness, the Brett Favre stuff. I think a little bit, and 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 I know I I hinted at this earlier, but dare I say, listen, he had Dable, and. He groomed him into being what he became, which last year was just like so elite, right? Well, his, his his third year, he was second in MVP voting. Right. And then when he leaves, I think that there's something when it comes to not like strategy or not like whatever, but there's like a little bit of a power. Like I think Ken Dorsey's their OC now, right? Yes, correct. And it's like, Suddenly, is it really like, is it more of like a, is the power dynamic change where now the, this guy who was your mentor, who like whatever, who like built you into an actual professional quarterback's gone. And then you have 
MVP quality success. And now the guy who's just like also in the offensive room with you, who's like assisting is your guy. Is, is there a little bit where it's like, maybe he isn't playing with like a little bit of that fear that you have of like, don't fuck up. Like, dude, I, I'll just say, I mean, I know this is becoming like a Brian Dable suck fast, but like, God, I don't know what you want, but like, if you go back to it was week fucking one, dude, I remember like it was yesterday. I remember where I was watching the game, but we all remember how this now kind of legendary first year of a coaching season has started. They go to Tennessee and they win on the two point conversion call, right? Earlier in that game, uh, the Giants are like playing like with a chance to win that game. Dale Jones throws, and I tweeted it, the worst pick I've ever seen. Yeah. He just like a guy was straight up covered. They didn't need to go. Like they could have kicked a field goal. They're at, they're down at the goal line. A guy's fully covered and he just tries to force it in. It's the worst to this day. It's the worst interception I've ever seen. Dable undressed him on the sideline. Dable just fucking, it was like, like watching a nun like scream at a fucking schoolboy. I couldn't believe he didn't hit him with a ruler. Like it was fucking, he, dude, it was, it was, it was, it was straight up awkward to watch as an adult male watching two other, like you're both adults. Yeah. Like you're not, I don't, are you allowed to just like spank other adult men on national TV? I don't think you can spank dudes. He was like spanking him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, then you you come to the where we are now, and Daniel Jones is like some mistake free football guru. It's like I think there is something in those relationships. Is is Josh Allen have like a little bit too much leash now to just like, hey, I'm the fucking man and I'll do whatever the fuck I want. It's like Brett Favre kind of lived that lifestyle. And like, yeah, I think if you're Josh Allen, you've got to get that shit under control. And obviously he's won some playoff games. He's four and three, I think. Sure. But like you were, it's interesting that you were talking earlier about Phillip Rivers because you forever you had in the AFC, you had the Tom Brady and the Peyton Manning rivalry. And Phillip Rivers was like always lurking. And I'm just making this comparison because it almost feels, in my opinion, like now we hand away because Burrow's beaten Mahomes three times. It's like, is it going to be Burrow Mahomes? Does that make sense? Is it going to be Burrow Mahomes with Allen Leak, like Allen kind of as the Philip Rivers character? Or is it going to be, you know, is Burrow kind of the Philip Rivers character? But he's really not because he already made the Super Bowl. Like, so I wouldn't right. even say that. Does that make sense? Where it's like, Mahomes has been to two Super Bowls, Burrow's been to one. And Allen hasn't been to any. I mean, like, I'll say this. Like, like when, when you go back to all the things, just like the styles in these relationships that we're talking about. Brady always had Belichick. Dude, Brady could have won 15 Super Bowls. No one. There's there's no like who's the man on the sideline. Yeah. Right. Like Brady was never the man on the fucking Patriots sideline. He's like, he's a man on the offensive, but got bench and he's a man when Josh McDaniels puts a fucking thing in his face. But like, there's no power struggle between Brady and Belichick. Yeah. And if there is, it might be why he's gone eventually. You know what I mean? Then you have Peyton Manning 
and the coaches he had. But didn't it always feel like Peyton Manning? It was like Archie's always watching. Like he's always like, he's not gonna be do some cowboy shit because like there's some weird fucking quarterback. Like Peyton's almost playing for the fucking like the 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 royalty, you know? Peyton's playing for the queen. Like, yeah. Peyton, like there's and, and same thing with Eli and fucking God, God knows Arch is gonna come around. It's like these guys are like worried about like quarterback history lineage, like sure in the grand scheme. Like the Kennedys. Phillip Rivers is like cursing and throwing reckless picks from time to time. And you're like throwing his helmet and shit. And you're like, uh, that a little like who is his fucking sideline dad? You know? Yeah. Did did you know? Did Dable did did Josh Allen losing his sideline dad? Is that is it gonna is that why he becomes the Philip Rivers? Well, that's what I'm saying, and that's all I'm saying. Like, and I'm not calling him the Philip Rivers yet. I'm just saying if you lose to Burrow, and again, I should stop doing this because it's it's a team. But if you lose to the Bengals, obviously Burrow's the face of the team. Again, you're suddenly like, okay, here we are again. Most likely in another back to back. Bengals, Chiefs, a la Colts, Patriots. It's like, here we are again, the two quarterback faces. It's like, then then suddenly Josh Allen does kind of turn into that Philip Rivers where you're saying, dude, can make hell of I plays. Think that's, that's the thing. I think this game is just so huge for all of these parties involved. It's like, it's like, and I talk, I've been talking about this for the whole fucking season. Somebody has to play the, both these teams. Somebody has to, you know, and, and basically it's going to be the winner of the the Bills-Bengals game has to play two of those three teams. They have to then go play probably the Chiefs unless the Jaguars are managed to come up with a huge upset. And it's like <clears throat> coming into the playoffs, I was like down on the Chiefs. And now I'm suddenly like, well, they got a bye. They play a fucking coaching tree guy. And then they're going to come off a team coming off of they're going to get to play a team that's coming off of this historic rematch after this fucking devastating thing and blah 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 blah. They've already played two games. I'm like, this is it's a the AFC is heavy. Yeah, it's so heavy. It's so heavy. And 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 going into the playoffs, we're also like, look at the quarterbacks and the fucking. Remember when we were like, look at the quarterbacks in the AFC, top to bottom, great. And now we're fucking through Super Wildcard Weekend. It's like. Are Brock Purdy and Daniel Jones the best quarterbacks alive? And then the AFC oh, is also that. really fun. I'm not saying that. You crazy person. I I do think Joe Joe again. Joe Burrow didn't even have the you know he played as, as you know efficiently last night. But can we just say Joe Burrow is breaking every Bengals slash Andy Ruther curse? Can we just admit it? I tweeted it. I'm just saying, guys, the Bengals, I saw this today, and, and I think Jay Sizzle tweeted this, and, and I grabbed that graphic. The Bengals, I don't – it's like you don't realize sometimes because you're from the city. The Bengals had five playoff wins from 1968 to 2021. Guys, five playoff wins from 1968 to 2021. Since Joe Burrow was drafted, they have four more. Like, he's almost equal the amount of playoff wins, you know, in 60 plus years in his third season, he will equal that if he beats the bills. So like his effect and, and I want to say this and, and I know you're like, I can't believe you're bringing up lions, but, but this is my point. Lions fans, 
the Bengals like are the former lions. Like, like we were like, it was like a group, right? Like, like that's why you need you. And I know it's not easy. You need like a Joe Burrow type guy to just change everything. Right. People forget the chiefs have done so well. And obviously they won a playoff game before Mahomes became the quarterback. But Joe, how many years did the chiefs go without winning a playoff game? Right. They were like 20 something plus years. Yeah. And then Patrick Mahomes shows up. Now they won one with Alex Smith. I know that, but it's like then Patrick Mahomes shows up and it's like game changer. Same thing for Buffalo. Suddenly the expectation is Super Bowl. And, and that to go briefly back to the Chargers, that's where they need to be. When you have Justin Herbert's talent, you need to be like, it's making the Super Bowl. Not blowing 27 point leads. Who do you think wins tonight? Are you still think Dallas wins tonight? I do. But I'm not super confident in it. But yeah, I think Dallas wins tonight. So I just popped over to prize picks. By the way, we went over over on uh we didn't didn't we go more than more than on uh yeah. Gino Purdy? We did. Bam. We hit. Yeah, we hit. Right now they have they have Tom Brady tonight on prize picks. I don't, why is this so high? Just, I would I would just go less. 274 and a half passing yards. Yeah, I'm gonna go less. What about interceptions? Yeah, can we go Dak interceptions? Dude, you know what's funny? Dak's not even listed. Brady's at half. Dak, they've pulled off because they don't want to lose money. Prize picks, the price was like, we're not gonna mess with that. If you guys haven't downloaded prize picks, do it right now. It's our official daily fantasy sports sponsor. Make sure you use promo code DIRTY when you sign up. All first-time users, as a reminder, at deposit and use promo code DIRTY will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. You're just playing against the projections. So go ahead and do that today. Do you want to do any calls? Yeah. You said you had another one lined up, didn't you? Yeah, still a couple calls. 310-359-8365. I do have to allude to something I just saw in the YouTube comment section. Uh, it looks like a Bengals, a Bengals uh, dirt ball called Burrow our savior. Ruther said he refused to play here. He should refuse to play here when he got drafted. That's hilarious. I did say that. I dude, I said that I underestimated Burrow. That's all I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. You also underestimated Zach Taylor. This guy fucking. What's this guy got to do, Andy? I was not liking the play calling last night. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and ream Taylor. I won't. But I just think I, I thought in whatever, it's one game. I thought they got too uh, complacent. And I think you'd agree. I know Burrow's under a lot of fire because the O-line now is kind of sus again. But I just thought they're up seven with nine minutes to go. I think they had the ball two or three more times, and it was like, hey, let's do a two-yard handoff to Mixon on first down. I'm just – my thing is you are making these great season runs because of your quarterback. You just got to trust him, right? You just got to yep. trust him. Absolutely. But you got to play the long game too. They win. They survive. You know, got to keep this guy in the field. Sure. No, you're right. 
So here's an interesting football question. I'm gonna play this, Joe. I think I think you'll like this one. And I, I think it's a it's not a crazy idea, but we yeah. all know it would never happen. Hey, what's going on? It's Troy from Jersey. So basically, I'm just asking. This probably going to get brought up in this uh, episode anyway. The Bears are the number one. Do you trade Justin Fields if you really like a quarterback? I mean, if you are clear that you got you like Young or Stroud, well, I assume we're going to be the top two. Would you ship them off? I mean, it's not that like, I, I know there, a lot of people are saying they're doing it for you know if someone trades up. Yada yada, but I mean, it's not. If you don't really like Fields as a passer, which I don't, I don't think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he's going to be hurt a lot. Like I don't. I would do it in a heartbeat. And you can get a decent amount of Fields now that you think would, you know, his value is up now. Then why the fuck wouldn't you do it? You know, I want to hear your thoughts on that from this draft. But it's just like an interesting thing. I, I just don't really like Fields. To be honest, I, I just is. Anytime a fan base is insecure about a quarterback, like I've seen with Bears, quarterback shit. That thing with Bears now, I saw it with Dolphins and I saw it with Vikings again. Dozens and two of them, fuck them. And you know what? I'll add on to that Cowboys as well. But anyway, that's all I want to ask. Uh, I'm sure you guys might be talking about it regardless. Uh, anyway, condoms are for Chargers. Go Jags. Wow, call that one. That was before last episode. Well, it is interesting, right? You have the number one pick. You just got a quarterback. And I agree. Like, I don't, I think here's a fun point that he brought up, which which I don't think people talk enough about. And I think he's right. Like when your fan base is nervous about you, I know it's only been a couple years. I think it matters. Like, like they don't have trust. I don't have trust in Justin Fields at all. The situation with Justin Fields is complicated for a number of reasons and how it relates to this specific draft, which is you have an opportunity here to trade out of the one spot and get probably a good draft haul for it, which you can use to build your team which was the worst in football. That gives you an opportunity to continue to evaluate Justin Fields and find a quarterback later on, right? So that's a strategy. The other strategy is obviously you like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. You take them and you trade Justin Fields. Now, The first option that we talked about is very doable, right? You don't actually have to make any sort of financial commitment to Justin Fields yet. You get to evaluate him. You're definitely getting draft picks. I guess, like, off the top of your head, first one that comes to mind, who's trading for Justin Fields? What team is like, yep, Justin Fields puts us over the top. Let's go get us some Justin Fields. We want in the Justin Fields business. The Jets are suddenly contenders because they got Justin Fields. Does does Justin Fields to the Jets make them better than Derek Carr to the Jets? No. 
Does Justin Fields to the Raiders make them AFC West contenders? No. Does Justin Fields to the Panthers make them, I don't know what? 500. Like, maybe. Maybe, it may, maybe it makes them, maybe, maybe you really believe in Justin Fields and now makes you the best team in the NFC South next year, but probably not a NFC championship game participant. Who, where is this team Good point. that gives you some sort of draft capital because they get put over the top by Justin Fields. I agree. Like, like, look, cause in Justin Fields, obviously again, the saints, like, I don't, I just don't like where, where are we going? Like it, there, is, are, it, there are people who are split on Justin Fields. Yeah. And if you're one of the people that believes in him, that's fine. I'm not sure what I believe yet. Personally, well, this- personally, I'm more of a, I don't think, quarterbacks that need to run to succeed have long-term longevity okay and that's that's, fine. that's and that's me too it's like i also don't know how good a passer justin fields is. i don't know either offensive line fucking stinks and he has no weapons and whatever but i can tell you one thing for sure about justin fields he has not shown me in that debacle of a situation that if i pluck him out of that debacle of a situation and put him on a good team that suddenly he makes us better yeah is he is he better than Geno Smith where the Seahawks go and take some of that Broncos draft capital and they go get Justin Fields. And now they're a fucking, they're going to win the NFC West next year. I just don't know who makes that. Like who's doing this trade. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Maybe there's a team that will do that trade because they want to take a shot on Justin Fields. But are you, are they going to give you the same capital that you would get for trading the one pick and then you could just figure out your quarterback later on. If it's not Justin Fields. Like uh, personally, I, I would not want a QB again. That has to run. I want athletic mobile QBs. That's the modern game, man. You gotta be able to move all these guys, the best QBs. They can move in the pocket. Let's say Bill Belichick. Sees it. I believe we get Justin Fields. We can, we can contend with the fucking bills, right? Let's say he believes that what's bill Jack offering you. I'll give you two fourths and a third. I don't know. I just don't know where this team exists, where you're doing better in draft capital. You're obviously not doing better where you're even doing close to in draft capital, what you would do for the one pick. And then at least you've fucking solved some other problems and then you can figure out fields and then you can figure it out like Stroud and uh, young aren't the the last quarterback prospects for fucking the rest of mankind. You know what I mean? Like fuck, take your draft capital, build a team, well, look, take, and even, take Arch and even, Manning in two years. And yeah. And even those guys, those guys would come across mine and your big name quarterbacks or start from big name schools. Stroud's from Ohio State. I like State. Bryce Young. I like the way he I like moves. Young. I like the way I like he goes. I don't like how big he is, but also. I don't like him enough where if I'm the Bears, I'm like, he's changing our team. 
I don't, to me, I, if I look at Bryce Young, I'm like, Bryce Young's not our savior. Yeah. No, I know. I agree. No, I, I fully agree. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. There's definitely concerns with his height. But if you're the fucking Seahawks sitting there and you have your fucking Broncos picks to fucking play with, do you go get, do you move up to get Bryce Young? And now you have like a little fucking Russ. I don't even want to say knock off Russ, but I want to say like Russ 2.0, small, wily, way more groomed at this age. And you plug him into a team that's already made the playoff. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't hate it. He's also from California. He's already, he's already a West coast guy. Not that that matters, but like, you know, he's a West coast kid. Speaking of that perfect timing, Joe, you didn't even realize that we have a call from CT hall of fame, dirtball CT formerly from Seattle. Gentlemen, CT formerly from Seattle, I'm from Seattle, cracking fan calling in, cracking on a roll, by the way. Uh, congratulations, cheers to Joe's Giants for beating the fraudulent Vikings. Uh, Andy, you. hoping your Bengals can uh, pull out this win. It's currently halftime. Uh, quick question for you fellas. I'm throwing a Super Bowl party. What snacks and games do you want to see at a Super Bowl party? Uh, I make mean nachos with Juanita chips. Juanita's maybe like a Pacific Northwest kind of chip, but um, my nachos are supreme. And then my wife makes great jalapeno poppers. So those are two things going to be here. Of course, we're going to have the fridge stocked full of Miller Lite. No other beer. Uh, but, you know, guys, if you're going to Super Bowl party, what do you want to see on the spread? Uh, and also, what kind of, like, games do you like to see there? We like play the square game where people win money at the end of quarters based on the score. Um, it's kind of the only football small gambling game I know. If you guys have any other ideas or must have snacks at the Super Bowl party, uh, love to hear them. Also, shout out to whatever Dirtball works at Amendment 21, the bar here in the Tri-Cities. I will be there, and uh, I will share some knowledge with you. CT out. Stay dirty. So, so you know what this got me thinking of hearing his call? You're, you're going to love this. It's classic, classic me. So first of all, an, an easy one. Costco has like wings in bulk that are legit that I discovered actually last football season. Like Costco wings, if you want to save money, and if you own an air fryer, <laughs> here we go. I love the air fryer. Guys, quick update. Got that air fryer for Christmas. I love that shit. Now, I'm not going to be tweeting about it. I'm not going to be, I guess that's, I'm already doing it. I'm already raving it. Dude, I love the air fryer. I'm just saying, like, you throw those wings in the air fryer. I got home last night late after the, you know, it was a late game. And I went to one of the bars with my sister-in-law and her friend. And, I, and I'm just saying, I got home late last night. I had some chicken fingers. I had some things I could reheat. Just threw it in that air fryer, man. I'm team air fryers. What I'm saying, you, there's you, no, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, because I, I feel like you're judging you. me. I feel like you're judging. No, me. I explained team that to you. I just, I just said, I just, my, the, the simple fact of the matter is, I was just like, it's, it's the thing. All of a sudden, you know, it's like everybody wants to fucking 
do their air fryer. It's like, dude, when I was at your place, you got you got the Jets pizza. I threw the Jets pizza in the air fryer, but like and to reheat it, let's not let's not act like it's like, yeah, it's better than a microwave, guys. But it's not like the it's not like it's like a goddamn game changing fucking lifesaver. Like, okay, you can make fuck you can bake wings, you can actually fucking fry wings, but like I know that's and that's and 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 honestly, that's that's the selling point of your air frying, which is like I want to f- actually fry things, but I don't want to deal with oil and frying or whatever. Okay. I like to make wings in my air fryer. I don't want to deal with frying wings. Great. That's a, that's a solid play, but being like, try heating pizza up and it's like, try eating pizza up in your fucking in a, in an oven, in a frying pan and whatever. Like it's not that fucking big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, now no, I get to, go, to answer CT's question. Here's because uh, I've got all first of all, Super Bowl parties for me, I think it's pretty basic. I like having pizza. Mm. I like having wings. Yeah. I like having queso. Sounds like his nachos are in place of a queso. And I've said it before, but like a queso and like a fucking slow cooker. Now, fuck, you want it. You want to stand a fucking appliance. Oh, yeah. Stand a stand a slow cooker. Um, But uh, I like to go pizza, wings, queso and or nachos. Since CT's a nacho guy, I like to have a vegetable situation just so I don't Ooh, feel like you, you want to have the veggie sitch, huh? I like to start out with the veggies with the dip because that way, like, I can always go back to it for a palate cleanser if I'm eating pizza and wings and queso. It's like, give me a little greenery just to keep a little, buffalo, a little buffalo dip. Buffalo dip. Great. Sure. And then easiest uh, question ever. What kind of games you have? CT. Uh, Take the number of people in your um, that go to your party minus one. Go to the list of first touchdown scorers. Take like, let's say you have 25 people at your party. Take the, the top 24 options. Okay. Write them down on a piece of paper. The, the one left left person, you write field. So they get every single person that was not there and it might be you know defensive player it might be whatever all in a hat everybody picks one you get who you get now if you were doing that if you were gambling on that you know let's say it's the super bowl and it's you know bills fucking niners sure uh debo's number is gonna be way higher than a defensive player on the bills or whatever but that's the fun in it we used to do that for the kentucky derby we put all the horses in and you just reach you, everybody throws in 10 bucks or whatever winner gets the whole pot and uh, you just pull a name, you pull a name first touchdown score. And the fun part of that is like, yeah, you might pull somebody with super high odds. Or you might pull somebody with super low odds, but like either way you're getting paid. So yeah. I like that. That's, that's my, that's my game to play along with the boxes. Yeah. And, and like, I agree with you on food. Just keep it simple, man. Like pizza, any anytime I'm doing some sort of get together, I I always say, what is what are most people gonna like? You know, like you, you want to appeal to the masses, right? And who doesn't like pizza? Like if you honestly, legit question, have you ever met anyone who doesn't like pizza? Ever? Uh, ever? Yeah, probably you have? at some point. At some point, probably. I don't know a single person I've ever met that doesn't like pizza. Now, if you had a catered subway situation, not good. 
Yeah, I was just I was literally just staring out the I'm I'm staring out over the horizon here in Vegas. Just being like, I can't believe I have two more sandwiches to eat. It's devastating. So you ate a whole one. I ate a whole one. And I'm gonna eat half of another one after this podcast, just because I'm like, if I don't start breaking these up into halves, it's gonna really take a toll. What time do you have to perform? Seven and nine thirty. Oh, two every shows. night here it's seven and nine thirty. Two shows every single day, Monday to Sunday. Come out and see me, Comedy Cellar, Las Vegas, inside the Rio All Suites Hotel. And so, could you pop out of the comedy? The comedy club's in the same hotel you're staying to take a direct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can. You can't. Yeah. Okay. And I will. <laughs> I was just saying, man. I might have to dump in the green room bathroom, which is unfortunate. But ooh, apologies to the other comics. There's also there's also casino floor bathroom. You know those. I mean the people. I won't be the first person that took a disgusting subway dump in the Rio casino bathroom. (laughs) Well, Joe, as a former, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be the first person that that is shitting out three full footlongs in a Rio casino bathroom. That's a lot of people in Vegas's. Go to fucking diet. Say, as a former employer, employee, I should say, of the Rio, I know for sure I've taken dumps in the floor bathroom. Not from Subway, though. Not to my knowledge, but good luck I with was, that. I was, I, I really didn't have breakfast today. I had like a, I had like a little bagel on my way out the door. So technically, I've had a, a uh, danger witch for lunch. And I'll have a danger witch for dinner. At the absolute latest, we're going to be three straight meals, lunch, dinner, breakfast tomorrow. And then this danger, these danger witches will be gone. I might end up eating all three of them today just because they don't even want this to roll into tomorrow. I don't want to ruin a second day with it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that we'll see how my body handles it because it's I'm already I already don't want to eat another. Well, it, it is really similar to Kirk Cousins. It's like you saw it coming. You didn't, you know, I'm, I'm talking about rational Vikings fans now. Like, like you saw it coming, you saw the, the, the team performance and, and the Kirk cousins just, again, you can say he had a fine game, but the one play and and you didn't want to face it, but like, you just got to face it and get it over with. Yeah. So we will, let's, let's wrap this up. Cause I might have to go drop my first check down to TJ Hawkinson. If you know what I mean, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. All right, that's our show. Call us, 310-359-8365. Follow us on social media at The Dirty Sports. I'm at Joe Prano on all social media, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, follow me on all those. Uh, hopefully, uh, Nikki D, our boy Nikki D, uh, working on a new clip for me of a bit that I've been trying to get out there for, for a little while now. So keep your eye on my Instagram and a TikTok for what, what will certainly be a very polarizing stand-up bit. That will hopefully uh, take the world by storm. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Fix Your Life. I'm at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas all week. From today through Sunday, two shows every single night. Be watching football here all weekend. And then next weekend, if you're in North Carolina, guys, uh, please get your tickets now. Dead Crow Comedy Room in Wilmington. Um, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. So excited. It's such a great club. My first time headlining it. I worked it with Eddie Ift last year as a feature. Can't wait to come down there and do an hour. I'll be at Sketchfest in San Francisco the first weekend of February. 
And then I will be in San Diego in mid-February for a couple of shows. So go to JoePrano.com forward slash shows. Just revamped the calendar. Should be way easier to, uh, to, to click around now. So let me know if you have any questions or any trouble. But yeah, come see a show. Cool. All right. We're all wrapped up here, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys in a few days. And as always, stay dirty.